Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I'm your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant. If you are a religious listener of the show, you might be thinking to yourself, how nice, Chris is back. He's been absent for a while. To which I say, that's great of you. And now I have some bad news. Um, This is the final episode of What's Tech, and I just pulled that band-aid off real fast. So... Allow me to explain. Here's what happened. I started What's Tech uh, when I came to TheVerge.com because I uh, didn't understand technology, which was a pretty critical flaw of someone taking an editor job at a technology and culture website. So, with your help, over the past a little over two years, I have rapidly learned what tech actually is. You might say that we solved the critical answer of the name of the show. Tech, it is what it is. We know what's tech. Oh my gosh, this is brutal to do as a soliloquy. We have a guest here. Uh, (laughs) No, you're doing great. I I don't want to interrupt you at all. This is is beautiful. It is what it is. Technology. I felt like a a big like uh, one of those wooden uh, canes was going to grab me by the neck and just pull me off, and that would be the last... Anybody ever heard of me? So we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk with uh, Ross uh, a little bit later about kind of working on the internet. I thought that would be a nice way to put a bow on this show. Um, but before that, just some final uh, housekeeping. Here's what's gonna happen with this feed. We're not gonna kill it. Uh, not entirely. Basically, if you are curious about what we're doing next, maybe that'll be something that I'll be working on, or maybe that'll be something that our team is working on, I would stay subscribed. We're going to bring back this feed uh, in some way down the line, and you'll be the first to find out what that is if you hang on. If you are just, like, furious with me right now, I understand. You can stop listening Uh, You can delete the feed, but here is what I do ask that you know that I appreciate you. I I say that, like, sincerely. It was, like, such a privilege doing this show, and the feedback that we got every step of the way was the reason that we kept doing it. It was always a gift to talk with y'all through reviews or on Twitter or on direct emails. I I will 100% miss that most. So that's the plan. It is essentially, we've answered what tech is. We'll come up with, I don't know, some other big question to solve, some other problem in the world, and we'll bring it to you here. Does that sound good? I'm hearing you, and you're saying yes. And Chris, you're doing a great job. And I'm saying thank you. You're doing a great job, too. And now Ross. (laughs) Ross, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And Chris, I just want to be the first to say thank you, and you're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. Well, they already said that. You didn't hear them? Oh, you know what? I, 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 you know what? I wasn't paying attention to them, but I was yeah, paying attention oh. to you. Wow. I mean, that's why I was the host, you know? I've got that, I've got that mind-reading connection with my <laughs> listeners. Um, so, Russ, I wanted to have you on because what people probably don't know is that I came on at The Verge to essentially create TLDR, which was our kind of bloggy, voicey section of the site with you. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's more or less it. I mean, thanks. you came on, and around that time also, the backstory here is like, I started doing the new stuff, and then I kind of switched over and focused on video for a couple of years, came back to the written word uh, when you came <laughs> aboard. And yeah, I think our we had kind of two goals. The ex, the external goal of TLDR was like, just do weird stuff. And the, the more manipulative reason to have that was, let's get our writers to try new things and be voicey, and then everything they do will be weird. Yeah, and I, I think that was kind of like a thing that we wanted with what's tech was to get people to like talk like uh, normal humans about about these things that are I find deeply puzzling and confusing when you get to kind of the core of them. But okay, so the thing that I wanted to talk with you about mm-hmm. specifically is living on the internet because I think this is a thing that people who listen to podcasts, I suspect, I could be wrong, but I, 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 I suspect people who listen to podcasts probably spend a lot of time on the internet uh, during work, like maybe all day. They're just completely connected. I mean, I hope um, so. For the, for the longevity of our website, I really hope that's true. And I feel like as people who like literally work, uh, our, our bread and butter, the food on our table comes from the stuff that we put onto the internet, that we have maybe some special insight as to how to best uh, basically get by on your day to day on the nine to five hours of uh, being connected to the internet all the time. So I thought we'd start off by you kind of walking me through some of your process as you, uh, each day, you come in to work. (laughs) How how do you get through a day on the internet? I feel like this is less a podcast, more like incriminating evidence. Uh, yeah, I mean, that or a therapy, (laughs) whichever you want it to be. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, for me, it's wake up, check Gmail, check Slack, uh, check Twitter, then obviously run to the office, check Gmail, check Slack, check Twitter, try to write, try to get things done, but more often than not, check Gmail, check Slack, check Twitter, keeping everything kind of up to date. I mean, it's funny you brought me on to like try to figure out how to cope with this, but you clearly know that I'm a human being that does not cope well with the internet, and the signal-to-noise ratio is the constant struggle. And all I ever do on the internet is constantly check for unread messages everywhere on every platform imaginable. Do you do you not have like anything that basically are like um, preventative measures in place to prevent you from your bad habits? Like I I I think I've deleted Twitter off my phone twenty times. Do you have anything that you've done like that to try to simplify your day? Yeah, I mean, honest to God, I think the best thing I ever did was just kind of keep my life in like permanent what's it called? Do not disturb mode. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've just turned off notification alerts on my desktop during the day and my phone. Like, if I need to check something that's an emergency, I've got filters to let that come through. But more often than not, people will find a way. And that way, like, I just need to, like, every 10 or 15 minutes, go check on something, try to keep it top level. I know the important conversations and then the things that, like, in my head I can prioritize till later. That's really kind of it. I don't have any special apps other than just, like, trying to keep my phone from buzzing and that little top right uh, corner of my desktop from, like, pinging notifications at all times. Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about doing that because I find that I check everything no matter what. So, like, the notifications are just, like, an extra constant barrage of checks. Yeah, it's unhealthy. I've been working on setting hours or, or like, moments of the day that I'm allowed to use uh, social networks. Mm. Because I found, you mentioned the waking up to, and doing all of your checks, right? Right. That if I do that, I like, a full, uh, at least a half hour if not a full hour can go by where I'm like, 
I do the okay, like read everything from Twitter, and I, I as somebody who loves video games, I follow a lot of developers and uh, just colleagues in Japan, which means there's like a full days of Twitter <laughs> that I can I can read. Um, and then once I'm done with that, I have uh, the Facebook equivalent, and then Instagram, and then like it, you know, like maybe I'll look at my work email, and then maybe I'll look at the New York Times app, and suddenly like an entire hour has passed, and I don't really get anything out of that. I would say other than like uh, the equivalent of like the busy work uh, that you're given after you finish your uh, assignment in third grade. Right. Like there's that that constant struggle, right? Creation versus versus consumption. And like if I'm busy looking at something, I've lost all momentum to actually think about my next project or my next writing thing or whatever I'm working toward at that point. Like you know, it's easy to get lost in Twitter, and I've definitely multiple times gotten to the point where I've like read back hours in Twitter timeline and I've refreshed so many times that no more tweets are coming up. Like for like 30 seconds, I have seen all the internet that I need to see in my life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely like, if I'm doing writing assignment, I get a notification or I have the urge to check a social network, all that momentum, all that ability to actually do something and create something that other people could read is just gone. And like, it takes a while to get back. Do you, do you listen to many podcasts? I listen to a few, like on the commute to like, because, like, right, like, I live in a city, so I have a 45-minute subway commute. It's just easy to, like, zone out and do that. Yeah, this is a thing that, for people who are listening, who are who are sticking with us to the end of this show, I would love for you to ping us on Twitter at whatstacker at plant, P-L-A-N-T-E, um, <laughs> to let us know where you listen to podcasts. Because this is a thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately, is, is there a spot for podcasts? In, in terms of, like, when I say spot, I mean, like, Okay, so you're going to watch a television show. And if you're like, if you live in a home or an apartment, you probably like sit down on a couch and watch it on a TV. Or if you're in a dorm, you watch it on your laptop. And if you like like music, you can do it passively while you're at work. And if you're playing a video game, uh, even if it's on your phone, like, okay, well, that's commute time or when you're on the toilet. Uh, there are like places for it. And I've been trying to figure out like, is there a kind of universal spot for where people listen to podcasts. And the only thing they keep running up against is like when they literally don't want to be doing the thing they're doing. Like maybe that's the commute and it's like a distracting thing. Or if they're like mowing the lawn or when you're exercising, it's a distraction that is a step above music. Like it, it, it'll distract you more than music, but it's not so passive that you can just like have them on all day which is a weird it's a weird sweet spot right like i had the same like when i listen to like podcasts or audiobooks whatever i'm doing outside of that like has to be incredibly mundane because if i don't hear a word i'm constantly going back 30 seconds to try to make sure i completely grab every single thing right because like if i'm reading i can always just go back up and down obviously not as easy in a linear audio format like this but it's also like i think you kind of touched on like it's kind of like weird this weird urge that we all have where it's like what I am doing is not enough at that moment. Like mowing the lawn and being like left with my own thoughts is not enough. Exercising yeah. and being left to just think about things throughout the day is not enough. My ears aren't doing something. I could be learning or entertaining myself. Why am I not multitasking right now? Yeah, I, I've thought about also like when I think about the idea of like podcasts being associated with things that are like dull or like simply not fun that seems like the worst thing as somebody like for people who create podcasts that you'd want to be associated with. But I do wonder if our buddies, the McElroys, uh, Justin Griffin, who work at Polygon 
and to have my brother, my brother and me and Adventure Zone and many other podcasts. They're all great. The people who listen to the show, they love them so much. And I wonder if, I, I think this is uh, true for a lot of podcasts, if because these people do get you through something that is inherently <laughs> not fun, that like you have an, a, an even more special affinity for them. That like few, a few mediums have that ability to like, one, get you through just these like, whatever the uh, junk of your day is but two like literally be in your head like a friend being in your ear i mean that's that's how i feel whenever the podcast i do listen to i feel like i know these people so well like better than i know really anything else any other type of entertainment that i enjoy right like it's i don't know i i think about this a lot in terms of like just like when we're thinking of like projects that we can make for the verge or for our own personal lives it's like for video you can, like, most people watch my videos two to five minutes. TV shows, usually 30 minutes, but it's also, like, this feeling of distance, this feeling of artificiality between that. Podcasts, you're kind of overhearing a conversation for a prolonged series of time. And in most cases, it's it feels like at least the person on the other end is being authentic. Like, even when, like, Brothers McElroy, for example, they do, their, like, their fiction podcast, uh, The Venture Zone, it's still, like, them being personal. It's like you're seeing a real thing. So, yeah, it's like there's that feeling connection that you don't get in any other medium I can think of, especially not one that like people will have the patience to listen to for a long, long period of time. Yeah, for sure. What podcast do you recommend for people? Uh, they're, they're presumably because uh, people are such loyal, dedicated listeners. This is the only show they listening to repeats on loop, but now they need something else. What would you direct them to? God, uh, that's kind of like What's Tech. I'm sorry, Chris, I can't do that. What's <laughs> Tech is the most unique snowflake in all podcast land. Oh, podcast so land generous. population 6,000. No, um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I I feel like anything I'm going to listen to, all like the podcasts, like elitist can be like, he's so mainstream. Uh, but I will try. I do highly recommend, uh, not just because they're our friends, but because they're compelling podcast creators. My Brother, My Brother and Me and The Adventure Zone. I listen to a lot of Risk and Moth, which are just like just personal stories. Risk is a little more R-rated. I think those ones are interesting to me because while I do love and appreciate news podcasts, we surround ourselves in news day to day. So like listen to people just tell like personal essays and anecdotes and even get into fiction a little bit. That is kind of like where I get like really invested. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I was trying to think, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like most of my stuff is the obvious stuff, like Gimlet's shows, Reply All is a favorite, which is uh, God, stories. Yeah, I, I, personal stories about uh, life, really just life. I mean, I think I think the, the angle technically is like it's related to life on the internet or culture around the internet and technology, but like really they're just great stories about humans. Um, pop culture happy hour is still my favorite kind of uh, roundtable conversation about what's going on in pop culture and is super popular and that's through NPR. And then like in terms of a step away from that, yeah, it's like stuff our friends do. Uh <laughs> Rose Buddies is the best bachelor podcast <laughs> on the internet in my humble opinion. I you know, um, I, I want I I almost asked, "Well, what's the competition like?" but then I oh, I realized it's, it's serious. yeah, it's it's very big. Yeah, it is like <laughs> for real. And then like Bodega Boys mm -hmm. A Phone Call from Paul is a show I started listening to. Have you heard this? I have not. Um, so, what is A Phone Call from Paul? I I believe, I, I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but the host, Paul, is 
the some high up at the New York Public Library. Oh, I feel bad if I get this wrong. Oh, no. But he is he is Werner Herzog esque. He is just like brilliant and thoughtful and strange in a lot of ways. Just, I mean, just the most erudite podcast host that you'll find. <laughs> and he has conversations with, uh, I mean, he has actually had a double episode with Werner Herzog, but Whoa. he has a conversation with great authors and great minds. And he's just one of those people that asks, he, 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 like Werner Herzog, will ask the questions like, what do you fear in your dreams, and how do you think they are hurting your life? <laughs> you're like, <laughs> what? Like, what do you mean hurting my life? Like, he 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 just goes so deep and so it's so unaffected that I've just kind of like really fallen in love with the show, and I feel like there is like a certain type of person that gets away with that, where they can just ask these questions that are essentially asking you to like rip open your soul and just like empty it like a handbag on the table. Uh, <laughs> uh, that actually, yeah, that reminds oh, me ahead. on the other end of the spectrum. The have you heard of a uh, have you listened to at all Chris Gethard's Beautiful Anonymous? No, I want to. It is. It's so beautiful. I mean, no one he talks to is famous. So the conceit of the show is Chris Gethard. Uh, comedian storyteller, uh, you can call uh, his number and for one hour, he'll talk to you for one hour, no more, no less, hang up whenever you want, uh, no names. So he just has like just candid, normal, everyday conversations. And for those who don't know Chris Gethard, a lot of his humor, I mean, he's a comedian technically, but like his humor comes from just being earnest and embracing weird misfit characteristics. So every time you like someone just talks about something weird and goofy, he wants to talk about it more and it's never like mocking he just wants to like bring that to the forefront and embrace it. So you get a lot of like really deep and dark conversations every now and then peppered with like a really well-earned kind of laugh. But it's like it's like listen to like the most emotional therapy session for people you don't know, you'll never meet, you'll never connect with. And then it's just done. Yeah, I'm all about that. I will give that a try. We're we should probably wrap up yeah. because I want to I don't want to drag this out too long. But to end, I would like you to give one piece of advice to better enjoy breakfast. To better enjoy breakfast? Yes. Oh, you mother... First off, step one, actually have breakfast. No, let me let me say it. Here's, that's, here's, no, that's good advice. Yeah, like, don't, don't short sell that advice. I'm not short selling it. In fact, I'm going to like just going to own that. Like, actually take time to do breakfast to yourself. No devices, no notifications. You're going to be compelled to listen to podcasts or watch Netflix, or check Twitter. I don't care if you eat or don't eat. Take 20 minutes, you're awake, have some food, food's good, but just force yourself to be stuck in your head for like 15, 20 minutes. It might be depressing, like anxiety laden and all that, but it's good. It's good to just like start thinking about things for yourself for a little bit. Okay, here's my advice, and we'll end the show on this. When you buy a cereal, <laughs> never... I'm se- yeah, This is serious. When you buy a cereal... This is why you, this is why you feel hungry when you eat cereal. Most of them don't have like even close to enough protein. Get a cereal with at least at least a, the minimum of five six grams of protein per serving. Look for more if you can. That will mean that you're probably not getting lots of like sugary uh, cereals. They don't taste as good. And that's for the better. If you can like <laughs> lower your sugar, grams of sugar, and boost your grams of protein, that's great. And here's here's where it gets like doable because I know this sounds like terrible and gross. Honey, 
just like drizzle a little bit of honey, maybe put like a fruit, uh, like slice up a <laughs> banana or a strawberry on top of it. But then drizzle a little bit of honey. And like, seriously, not a lot. If you do a lot, it won't taste good. But just a little bit of honey, and it will taste better than like any sugary cereal that you can imagine. And you'll feel great. You won't want to eat at least until lunchtime, maybe even a little later than lunchtime, because you've got the protein in you. And you'll be like, it'll fuel you for the day. So I want you to know that like, whatever you do walking away from the show that you got at least one piece of really great advice. And on that note, uh, that's it. That's our show. That's what's tech. We answered the question together with all of your help. I want to thank everyone who submitted ideas for episodes throughout the entire show. Um, you were a godsend. I want to thank everybody who left kind comments. I want to apologize to anyone who is disappointed that the show is ending, but we're still here, Ross, me, everyone who is uh, a guest on the show pretty much. We're all at TheVerge.com. You can find more of our stuff there anytime you'd like. Ross, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at O-H-N-O-R-O-S-C-O. That's Ono Roscoe. Um, right. Or, you know, if you want to try at Wint, that's not me, but it's, it's kind of weird. Sure, you could also do that. <laughs> Weird final plug. And you can find me at plant, that's P-L-A-N-T-E. It's French, except for it doesn't have the law on it because it was beaten out of my grandfather in a boarding school in Rhode Island years, years ago. Uh, I can't end on that note. Jeez. Um, this episode has been brought to you by MailChimp. Send better email, sell more stuff. Like I mentioned, 14 million people already use MailChimp to connect with their customers, market their products, and grow their e-commerce businesses every day. Wouldn't you want to be one of those people? MailChimp has been around since 2001, which is probably longer than some of uh, the listeners of the show have been alive, which is uh, pretty incredible. They allow for you to do all sorts of things, like personalizing your marketing. That's a good one. If you can do that, you'll sell more stuff. When you connect your store to MailChimp, they'll analyze the purchase history of each customer to make smart, data-driven predictions about what they'll want to buy in the future. It's enterprise-level technology made simple for everyone. Just drag and drop. Sending personalized product recommendations to your customers increases sales in just a few clicks. They detect purchasing patterns in your e-commerce data and use them to automatically predict your customers' buying behavior so you can target the right people with the right products. And you can learn more about each customer's individual purchase history and recommended items by viewing their subscriber profile. If you want to check it out for yourself, go to MailChimp.com. That's MailChimp. Send a better email, sell more stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, thank you again. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba.